So how do we listen out for those warning signs, disclosure statements, so we can better understand what's really going on? Well, there's a case that I like to use in the trainings that I do, and I, I get to train law enforcement, and I get to train schools, and I get to train other professionals. And it's, it's making them aware that the behaviors that you're seeing probably has a story behind it. So we need to, we need to ask what happened right before or, or within the last several weeks or maybe the last couple of months before uh, we have that interaction with that child. So, and this, I have a, a case that I was aware of when I worked um, with child protection services that was, um, that really kind of brings this home. We, we had a, a young lady in foster care. She'd been in foster care twice. She came into foster care at an early age and was adopted. That's a wonderful outcome. Unfortunately, her adoptive mother died and she came back into foster care. And so you can imagine the trauma that this child was feeling. It's her birthday and she's a teenager and it's a very significant birthday for her. And so she goes out uh, with some friends and she ends up drinking. She snuck out from her foster home. She gets intoxicated and she's gang raped. She's taken to the hospital, so we get her medical attention. But, you know, the next day she's right back at school. And she is at school with people who potentially raped her. I don't think she knows exactly who all it was, but she knows who all she was hanging out with that night. And so she's there. She's having to see her offenders and nobody has been arrested. She was not gotten mental health treatment for another couple of weeks. So an appointment was made with community mental health. It was a couple of weeks before they could see her. And so about two or three weeks later, she, she goes for her mental health appointment. In this meantime, her foster parent also kicks her out because her foster parent cannot trust her because she snuck out. And so now she's living in a group home. And so she's telling her worker every day since the rape that she doesn't feel good. Her stomach is hurting. Um, she's having headaches and she does not want to go to school. But the group home and the social worker make her go to school every day. On the day that she is picked up by the social worker to go to the community mental health center for a mental health assessment, she's telling the social worker, look, I don't feel good today. I'm nauseated. My stomach is hurting. I have a headache. Can I just go back to the group home? And so the group home, they have policies about if they're not sick, they have to be at school. And then the worker was like, I don't have time for this today. I don't have time to mess with you today. You're going to go back to school after this assessment. So they're at the community mental health center with a victim of gang rape. This is two weeks, two to three weeks probably after her rape. You know, the headaches, the anxiety about going to school, the stomach aches. If you're trained in trauma, you understand that these are those somatic symptoms of trauma. And if you were to take her to the doctor, the doctor would probably find no physical reason for why she she's She's, she doesn't have a virus. She doesn't, she's not sick medically, but these are all somatic symptoms of the trauma that happened to her. And we have to realize she is going into a school every day and seeing the people who hurt her. The school has not been told that she was raped, that she has experienced this trauma. And so I don't know, there's no documentation in her case about whether or not she was acting out at school or what she was saying or doing at school. But I've got to, I have this idea that there were probably some things going on at school as far as like she's probably sleeping in class. She's probably dissociating in class. She's probably not doing very well in her studies. 
in class and her grades have probably dropped. That's an assumption of mine. That was not in the case file. But here we are at a community mental health center. This is before she's gone in to talk to the therapist, uh, but she's in the waiting room and outside in the parking lot, and she just loses it and just goes off on the social worker about how she is not listening to her. She never listens to her. She's threatening to run away. She's angry. She's upset. She's belligerent. She's yelling. She's cussing. Social worker tries to get her to calm down. Social worker, you know, is, is, is attempting to work with her in a way, but is still oblivious to what she is seeing is behaviors of the trauma. The girl is saying, I feel safe, but she don't know how to say, I don't feel safe. She's saying, I have a stomach ache. The stomach ache was, I don't feel safe. I have a lot of anxiety about what has happened to me. And so eventually the social worker just contacts law enforcement. So law enforcement gets there. And so the girl is more upset. And again, y'all, we're at a community mental health center. Nobody called the crisis team to come out there and talk to them. So here we are three weeks after a gang rape. Our gang rape victim goes to juvenile detention. And we missed it. We missed all the signs. We missed all the symptoms. We knew what law enforcement did not know what happened to her brother. Social worker did. They had an opportunity to have mental health come out there and help intervene, to help calm her down, to listen. They didn't. And so when I do this training with law enforcement, I start with the behaviors that you're seeing, the belligerence, the yelling, the cussing the refusal to do what she's being told to do. And they'll tell you when I give them that part of the scenario that they would probably have taken her to detention. Then I teach them about trauma. I teach them about trauma symptoms. I teach them about behaviors that you're going to see, but also those physiological somatic symptoms of the headaches and I can't concentrate and my stomach hurts and I may be throwing up. And so I'm teaching them those things too. And she's sitting there telling her social worker to feeling all of these things and the social worker thinks that she's lying and making it up because the social worker isn't trained on all of this and so once i get to the end of the trauma training of law enforcement i start with the gang rape i don't tell them that the victim of the gang rape is the victim of the parking lot or the same person so i start with the gang rape and i build it up just like i just told you the story and then i tell them this is the girl you were called out for at the beginning of this training now that you know what has happened to her two weeks ago, now that you know and understand everything that's happened, what would your response be to her now? And would it be different? And all of them say yes, absolutely, knowing that what they're seeing is because she's been traumatized and she is not really getting the response she needs and the empathy is there. And so ACE Institute our goal is to help the professionals understand that the reactions that they're seeing are trauma-related and giving them some tools to respond in trauma-informed ways so that our trauma victims don't end up in detention, mm -hmm. so that our trauma victims don't end up over-medicated. This particular child was to detention when we go back to scripture those that are bound in chains those that are wrongly imprisoned right she was she was wrongly sent to detention 
over somebody not understanding why she was reacting the way that she was. And had they reacted appropriately to her in the beginning, she never would have acted out. But when I feel like you're not hearing me, when I feel like you're not listening to me, I'm going to get louder and I'm going to get more belligerent because you're not hearing what I'm saying to you. And, you know, sometimes they don't have the language to say it in the way it needs to be said for you to understand. But we have to have an expectation that if you're going to be a professional that's helping, you need to understand what trauma looks like in our victims and our survivors so that we can get them the right kind of help. I have seen so many other children who didn't go to jail, but they're bound in chains of medications where they are so over medicated because we don't know how to control their behaviors that are coming from the trauma that we are medicating them too much because we don't have the right interventions in place. Something you just said just really struck a nerve with me because they can't sleep at night. I'm having trouble sleeping. I'm having nightmares. I just feel depressed all the time. I'm anxious all the time. And a lot of times they're quick to medicate the symptom. I'm not saying there's not a time and place for medication. I firmly believe in all sorts of different treatment methods. But we need to be careful when we do that and prescribe, be quick to prescribe medication because it may be to where they need talk therapy or cognitive behavioral therapy, exercise, breathing. All of that really helps to restore the body. And if they do have any kind of religion or faith to lean into those beliefs and to call on that higher power that they're believing in because... That's that's who they are on the inside. That's their makeup. That's what needs to be heard and listened to with that individual is, who are you? And oftentimes, the answer is, I don't know. I don't know who I am anymore because that's been taken from me. My identity is what they call me at school. My identity is how many times I've been arrested for acting out. And they don't have to choose that. You don't have to choose a label that somebody gives you. You can choose to walk in that freedom, that the knowledge of understanding what you've been through. I can't tell you how many adults I've spoken to in in my family, in my circles, in my church, in my community, who have four or more aces and never have talked to anybody about what they went through. And they struggle with nightmares. They struggle with help those health issues. And I'm going to put a link in the video description about ACEs. And if you have four or more, what that indicates and what that means, like what you said with the health problems, heart issues, smoking, dependency on drugs and alcohol for numbing, all sorts of things. 